Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I have the awesome, fantastic hip hop artist, uh, Vincent Van Great. Um, his latest tape uh, came out uh, last year uh, with Dana Copperfield. It's called a tape called Fresh. Uh, he's working on a ton of new stuff right now though, and I'm excited to hear all about it and his creative process and uh, everything about why he does what he does. So Vince, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, brother. Dude, how, uh, how's your uh, day today? Oh, it's been a smooth day, man. You yeah. Know. What'd you do? Uh, you know, handled a lot of business, you know. Nice. Putting in work as Board. usual. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, uh, I'm glad you could fit me in today. Um, I'm, glad I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Thank you for, for having me. Of bro. course. Let's have a beer, man. Cheers, baby. Yeah, cheers, dude. Yeah. Um, Steve's Austin, baby. <laughs> Steve's Austin. Stone mm. Cold. What we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk uh, love and fear through our creative and passionate minds. Um, you know, uh, we've been connected for a while. Um, back when I wor worked at uh, the Roast Coffee Company, uh, yeah. we had a sandwich named after you. Yeah, man. It was the best so. sandwich on the menu. Hey man, you're not the only one that's, that says that either. Man. Oh man, it was not like, even joking. No, I mean it yeah. actually was. I mean it was a Chipotle BLT sandwich, and our sandwiches at the at the place were called were named after um, Milwaukee artists, and that was my favorite one, man. And um, that was how I first heard of you. But then my first time seeing you and like actually meeting you in person was at the Sister Strings and you performed uh, at Company Brewing a couple Word. months ago. Yeah. You had your full band with you. Yeah. It was a ton of fun, man. Shout um, out Ninja Sauce. Oh yeah, Ninja Sauce, bro. For, first, Vince, I want to start and I want to talk, I want to take it back and just, I guess, ask you a little bit about like uh, when you first really started um, Finding uh, making music as an outlet for yourself, like your your uh, origins as a musician, and how it led you to be uh, where you are today. Well, uh, a lot of it started off with me, like you know, growing up in church, and like my grandmother is a pastor, and she's like a great pianist and organist, and she can sing. She's a powerful speaker, yeah. so a lot of it comes from her and like my family. Growing up in church, playing instruments in the choir, singing in the choir, mm -hmm. and then it began to develop into me wanting to like experiment with other sounds and always loving hip hop and loving music in general, hip hop, jazz, pop, you know, yeah. funk, punk, everything. It's like, all good, man. I love all of it, man. Seriously. So it started with me wanting to dive into those sounds and starting to to like build my own character like finding yeah. what i like besides the things that you know my family you know kind of conditioned me with yeah. but i'm thankful for that you know but i just started experimenting with different sounds and then i started making beats like producing records and just coming up with different sounds that weren't normal to other people you know yeah. the shit that i thought was dope but at the time yeah. the shit was really whack you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the dopest shit in the world, yeah. but it's really not. So, just took a lot of work, and then, you know, the Sav's Crew days came, and mm -hmm. start working with Blizz, with Blizz McFly and Clash. Shout out, shout out all those guys. Word. Blizz, uh, yeah, dude, Blizz works here a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, uh, 
he gets drunk easily, but anyway. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, oh, fucking A. There's, um, there's actually a lot of people I've talked to in Milwaukee that started in church, and that was a huge component of uh, their their foundation and their musical interest. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess, like, how would you say, like, um, being in church, like, uh, helps sort of not only shape your, like, your creative journey, but I guess, like, how it shaped, like, your perceptions of the world, like, you know, young yeah. growing up as a church kid yeah well always being around music first because like my aunts my uncles they were like a singing group coming up so you know yeah. they used to sing in church and sing at our house and at christmas parties and yeah. stuff at my grandma's house and all of us were like just in awe of them because they their voices together were just so powerful and unique mm -hmm. and then like I said, my grandmother and then me playing instruments in church and me being in the choir performing in front of big audiences and sing, well singing, I should say, in front of big audiences at the time. I think that made me a little more comfortable and relaxed. Like, you know, it's not as bad as, you know, it seems. Yeah, right. You know, right. I started it early. Yeah. Know. How old were you when you made your first beat? I was like 14, 13, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. In my my best friend Manny, we was in his stepdad basement, and his stepdad had like all this music equipment, and like he used to make beats back in the day, so he had all these old school beat machines and like NPCs and MIDI boards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he just flicked the switch one night and turned everything on, and it was just letting us, you know, mess around down there. And like I whipped up a beat, we start writing to it. And it was so trash, but <laughs> like we played it at school for our friends yeah. and all that type of shit. So right. that was kind of like the start of everything. Oh, totally, man. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, like, like, I mean, you, you like everything kind of starts trash, you know, compared to <laughs> like I mean, I and I say that because like this podcast, I, I don't, I'm afraid to watch like the first ten episodes or some shit because like I feel like you know. I was a trash host. I had trash editing. I had trash lighting. I had uh, the guests were not trash. My my guests were great. No no really knocks awesome on them. Guys. Yeah, like looking from back then to now, and this is only a span of like seven months. Like I feel like the f the fundamentals of the show have improved so much, but it was because like I knew that it was like in me. You know, I knew it was in me to like be able to create a product that I can actually like look at and pride and that like others will relate to and find like, uh, you know, that connection with. And, and I feel like the same is with music. I mean, it's all about progression, bro. Yeah. I mean, with anything you do in life, you know, just progress at it, you know, don't mm -hmm. stay at a standstill. Yeah. Move yeah. forward, keep progressing. It's all about progression. Right. Especially with what we do. Exactly. Yes. Because you have to be told everything that like, you're not doing right if you're gonna get anywhere like <laughs> right. towards what you're going for right. um and uh, you'll get a lot of uns unsolicited advice i've learned you know when you don't ask for it but usually it's in good faith it's right. usually really in good faith so right. yeah so yeah so i guess like um so when did you start uh like um when like you were like starting to like write songs and when you were starting to craft into them into tracks like mm -hmm. stuff that you were like you know sharing with people and stuff well yeah uh early on like 
I was just making beats, like, you know, like the shit I did in middle school, like I was just joking, you know, we were playing for our friends, but yeah. when I got serious, like, and put my foot in the music business, I was just making records for cats when I hopped on the scene here, you know, Money Mac and Sincere. Mm -hmm. I was making records for them. Sincere, know. dude? Yeah, behind the scenes. Bro, I'm he records here. For them. Word, that's yeah. the only, that's big bro. Shout out Sincere. Shout out Sincere. That's big bro. Yeah. But I'm like producing records for them and you know, doing their thing and then that's when I got with Sav's crew. I got with Blizz and Classic and you know, Artistic and those guys. And I started, that's when I started evolving, you know, cause those guys are like so talented and shit. So when we all got together, the sounds just started to elevate and all of us just got better and better and better. And Blizz and Classic were already like the front man, just, you know, kicking ass out here, mm -hmm. doing shows, you know, and I was producing records for him, producing a, a few records, a couple records for Classic, cause yeah. you know, he, he does his thing on the production. Yeah. But after that, I just start hearing more records like and I'm doing hooks for these guys. I'm doing hooks on Sav's crew records and for other people. So I'm like, man, I, this is, you know, some good shit. And I feel like I can do it reasonably better than yeah. certain people, you yeah, know. Okay. So let's start doing this. And, and I'm making the beats already. I'm producing a record. So I already know the formula to putting these records together because I'm getting artists together and putting them on these joints. So I'm learning the formula as I'm going. So then I just start writing my own shit, start putting my own songs together, and then it developed into me wanting to do an album, and then the rest was, you know, is still going out. Yeah, man. So uh, ungrateful was mm -hmm. your was your that was your debut uh, yeah. like full length release. Um, That's the only project solo out project. Yeah, out right, right. Yeah. So um, so would you say like everything that you were just saying like sort of culminated into the, re the, re the release and the piecing of that? Yeah, exactly. Because I had this vision of this project, you know, I like grew up Pharrell, like, you know, Pharrell, that's a big inspiration of mine. He inspires me and in so many ways, you know, in this business. So yeah. Pharrell, Swiss Beats, Timbaland, DJ oh, yeah. Quick. These are like yeah. the guys why I start making beats, oh, yeah. like those guys specifically. So everything just trickled on from that, like from those producers. So I wanted to work with certain artists, like I wanted to mold records like they did. Like, you know, right, you might hear Pharrell on the Jay-Z track, then hear him on the Snoop track, and then hear him on the Gwen Stefani track, yeah. and then he doing a track for Fergie, you know, yeah. like, it's so many avenues they go in, they're just not in one genre in a box. And that's all I was thinking about, like, I want to be that type of producer that evolves to an artist. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started, I, if you listen to Ungrateful, there's so many features from, like, some heavy hitters from the city, because that's the formula I wanted to come with to introduce myself, like, to the world. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanna I wanna ask you about like your uh, your like lyrical like writing process because like a lot of different artists like to write in sort of different like modes of their thinking. You know, like some people like to write. You know, I was literally talking to an artist on the show the other day who came up with a verse when he was sitting at a stoplight. You know, like it, it, it does happen spontaneously. It does. Um, some people will actually sit and like, you know, brainstorm and they'll be sitting in with a pen and paper for hours and shit. I guess yeah. like how, like, I guess like how have you found is like, you know, 
you know, an effective way, like, for you to, like, be writing songs and, like, you know, coming up with uh, your verses and stuff like that? Well, you know, I really only do records off, like, my beats and shit, so as I'm whipping these beats up, ideas and concepts are already coming to me. Uh, sure. Layering yeah. the beat and adding more elements to the beat, so I'm already getting ideas, so they just flow in. I don't use, like, my phone or a pen like all my verses up here, they just I put them together in my head. Now I always say I'm writing, but I'm not necessarily writing. But you're mentally right. Mentally yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a pen and paper. You know, I'm memorizing these lyrics. And then when I get to the studio, it's a much easier process of me recording it because I literally went through this process in my head a million times piecing this verse together. Yeah. So that formula works well for me. You know, making a beat as I'm producing it, getting more and more familiar with it, coming up with ideas. And then, big thing, when I get to the studio, I'm knocking that shit out, you know? I'm not, yeah. I'm not wasting time, right, you know? Yeah. Artists, young artists, never waste time in the studio. Yeah. Money, never right. waste time in there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, like, I'm all for the studio being a vibe, but I've seen, like, people, the studio is not a hangout, you no, know? It's, 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 it's a workspace. Like, sometimes yeah. when it's like, especially when I'm coming home, like, coming to the studio late, and I'm trying to, like, put, in, put an episode together. Mm -hmm. I like to be in a, like a pleasant, peaceful like space that like isn't you know too rowdy like too loud. But when people are like out here blasting music too loud for me to even hear my audio, like yeah. it's it it yeah that it, becomes a problem. It's it's disruptive, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't do like big groups in the studio. Like you know I don't. I mean, I don't mind it, but that's not my vibe, you know. Yeah, I mean? it's like more intimate setting, right? I'm getting work done. Well, it should be that way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I also want to talk about uh, a tape called Fresh uh, right. with, with Dana Copperfield. Shout out, Copper. Shout out, Copper. Unify the squad. Yeah, man. Uh, tell me a little bit about like, um, you know, uh, I guess like uh, what enticed that project and like you know starting to work with Dana and everything from your end. Well, coming up. In the Milwaukee, like music scene, like I was when I was younger, I was a fan of Kappa. You know, Kappa was killing shit, and I was a big fan of his and the work and the foundation he's put in for artists like me and other people here to, you know, continue and keep it going and be at a you know another level and be able to go to another level. Mm -hmm. That's the thing they they did that Dana, Yo Dot, Rusty Peas, you know, Prof has yeah, take well, both you yeah, know those yeah, guys yeah. speak easy you know you gotta shout those guys out because they that's the underground like not the baby drews and the cuckoo cows but they're a different scene and they help develop this scene that we're in now so you gotta shout them out but i was a big fan of dana's and i just liked his wittiness and like you know he was so clever to me and fucking funny and goofy and shit so I was a fan of his, like I said, and then I was in the studio with Mammoth and I was whipping some beats up and shit and me and Mammoth like, man, Coppola sound dope on this. Like, I'm like, yeah, like he would. He like, matter of fact, he's gonna be in here like next week. Wow. I'm like, man, maybe I'll play it for him. Yeah. Excuse me. You're fine. So I played the record for Coppola a week or so later and he's like, dude, this shit's fire, bro. Like, yeah, let's rock this shit. And it became hands up. Mm -hmm. Off ungrateful with him and Blizz. So, long story short, Dana 
he started, I let him hear some more tunes and he started liking what I was doing. He was hearing me like, man, this shit is actually some fire, bro. I like it. You should meet Dima. Like, I, I want to introduce you to Dima and I think, you know, he can talk to you about some things that can interest you, that shit, that can benefit you. So they invited me over for dinner and I hung out with Dana and Michelle and Ray from Mini Classy and Dima yeah. from Unify Records and after a while, he was my manager mm -hmm. a couple months later. He was managing me and helping me move forward. And me and Dana, we never, we did a lot of records together, but they were more on the fly. Like, hey, listen to this. We want you to hop on this. It's already done, which can you do the hook? Or we want you to add something to this? Or can you send me a beat? And But now, Dana was more like, yeah. I, I hollered at Dana, like, let's do this joint, man. Like, let's do something together. Dima wanted us to release some new music because both of us were kind of, you know, doing some other things, trying to, mm -hmm. you know, package some stuff and get some things together. Mm -hmm. Dima, he wanted us to release some new material, but I was still working on some things, getting, you know, re performing so much with the band and booked for shows. So every week, me and Dana were working on records every Saturday. We would come together, me, Dana, Mammoth, well, Charlie Cooks, Excuse me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Charlie Cooks, Dima. We we're in the studio every Saturday, gathering these songs. I was making beats, whipping records. Dana was writing verses. I was coming up with hooks and writing verses, and all these songs gathered into this project, and that was a take off fresh. But we didn't. Dana, I wanted the gritty ass hip hop and witty shit, clever shit with bars. But I also wanted to let people feel where I was getting ready to go, like in the future with my next project and my next releases and shit, like vibey R and B, contemporary R and B type yeah. of vibe, poppy, some fusion stuff. Yeah, right. right so right, that's right. why the second half with Tape Call Fresh was more melodic and songs more directed to the female audience and shit yeah. like that, because I wanted to show people where I was evolving to and that I'm gonna go that direction for the next project. Mm -hmm. And then we put it out and we got it, it was well received. Yeah, so yeah, dude, I mean, I like, and I commend that for like, and the, the band definitely helps with this too, but like, you know, just not putting yourself in that box where it's like you're, you're, you're using a lot of that like crossover appeal, yeah. you know, to appeal to, you know, different demographics Absolutely. and like, I mean, I, and you know, like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of artists that like will say that like oh yeah like you know I'm not like different rappers and stuff like I do like all this different shit but like I mean it, it's it I think that like especially having like uh, you know a, a band to accompany you and also just being inspired by not only like such a variety of different producers that exhibit so much versatility but also just like you know, listening to like a lot of different types of music and stuff like that, like hey, man, I just draw inspiration from those producers and artists like James Brown, like James Brown and Pharrell, like Justin Timberlake, those are my favorite artists like ever. So like James Brown, you know, got the live band and JB's yeah. rocking it, Pharrell, N E R D. So like I always wanted to incorporate that live band feel into my music and do all of my shows with a live band. It doesn't matter where I hit at. If I hit at Indie Fest in Kansas City or Summer Fest or at the River West Public House, right, I'm yeah. gonna have the band and I'm gonna bring the same energy every right. show. Yeah, exactly. Literally, like, 
Yeah, Cactus Club, Bremen, yeah. fucking Miramar, like all those, all three of those those venues, like, are known for hosting like kind of like a niche crowd. But you know, I, I I'm a firm believer that you know like, I, like I don't I don't like I don't like to classify music in genres because it implies barriers. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like, I especially like a lot of the mixed genre shows that happen in like in Milwaukee and like I see like a lot of bills with like completely different you know artists that are doing completely different avenues of you know speaking to a crowd like for example the sister string show you know it's like you're you're like you perform hip-hop R&B music and sister strings you know do original like classical Classical, arrangements yeah Yeah, but they're just they're just as dope you know what i mean exactly that's a that's a good point man yeah yeah and it's like and but that like but it's like you know no one is gonna walk away from a show like that you know like no one is gonna see one part of that artist where excuse me one artist and then be like Oh, that was it for me. Like I'm gonna go home now. Yeah, it's like no, you want to see them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, like everything, man. I don't just stick to one genre, man. I like yeah. creating everything, and I like listening to everything, literally. So, like in high school, I'm playing varsity basketball, warming up with my headphones on, listening to Nelly Furtado and shit. Yeah. My guys like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah, right. I'm like these beats fire, man. Timberland doing beats. The shit fired, right? But that's that's been me, you know. Yep. I've always been like that. I always loved different music and just had an ear for different sounds and yeah. liking that that big shit. Yeah, of course. So I want to uh, uh, ask you. Uh, I know we talked about this when I interviewed you for breaking and entering, but I want to revisit it for the show. So I want to talk about Ninja Sauce, your your live band. Mm-hmm. So, um, so tell me about. Uh, so who's the current lineup? Uh, John Bar Caldwell, that's my keyboardist and background vocalist. Warren Crawford is my drummer, and Maurice Buck Harmon, he's my bass and my MD for Ninja Sauce. Awesome, sure. So, uh, yeah, you you gotta tell me how that name and just sort of like the whole idea behind what it right. Meant. So years ago. Before the band even existed, I put out a record called Ninja Sauce, and like Milwaukee Record debuted it, and like I shot a video for it. You can go check that shit out on YouTube. It's like one of my first couple videos, like sure. And I named it Ninja Sauce, but and it's from MF Doom. He had the verse "Have No Fear, the Ninjas Here," and I start off Ninja Sauce just like that. Wow. So. It just developed from that in my love for like the Power Rangers and Bruce Lee and like ninja <laughs> yeah. shit and wrestling and all type characters like you know all of that. So it just developed into that song, and then the band started forming. And I'm like, what's something I can name my band? This band that I'm molding and creating. What can I name them that will fit me and my personality and the shit I like growing up and just speaks to me as well, not just mm-hmm. some shit that everybody else will like. I'm like ninja sauce. Like I'm a ninja. I'm moving on the scene. I don't bark. You know what I mean. I'm out on social media all day, whining and bitching and right. you know ranting. It's straight business. So you know I'm I'm a ninja. I move in silence, but you're gonna see me when you see me, and when you see me, <laughs> it's gonna there's, be some shit. There's gonna be some sauce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gonna be something when you see me. Yeah. So 
I just wanted to name my band name because I felt I felt it fit me personally. Personally, it fit my personality, so I, I wanted to use that as the band name. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's that's dope. Um, yeah, and like, uh, how do you feel like? Uh, I guess like, I mean, obviously they amplify your sound, but like, how do you feel like it just like made you know d like increased like your confidence and your like uh your boldness as an artist like you know bigger and better than ever once you had like you know musicians playing with you and stuff yeah, that just, just believed in your sound yeah, and everything i always call myself a record producer first because i produce records I pr i'm a producer so that you know solidified that as well like i'm putting this band together i'm producing this band they're playing my music you know i'm getting these musicians together so that gave me a boost of confidence right there. Like, okay, I'm doing this the right way. I do have this skill to put people together and mold music into this sound that I'm hearing up here, you know what I mean? So that's one way where they gave me some extra confidence. And then just the live music element of a show is nothing like it. I always, like I said, I love James Brown, yep. JB's, Pharrell, NERD. Like I just, that's what I love. So for me to be able to do it, and do it with some awesome, talented musicians, that's just a confidence booster in itself right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, 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 it's like, I feel like you, you can like trust them to take it away, you know? You can, yeah. trust, you can trust them to just fucking like, do, you know, do the, to like blow the crowd away and just do something completely like, you know, unexpected. Right, you know? and it, it all, it all fits, man. It all fits. And we've been doing it for a long time. You know, we, we've been together for maybe four or five years now. So, you know, and now we're at a different level. So it's just, you know, the hard work is paying off, but we got so much more shit to do and so much shit to nip in the bud. Hell yeah. So that's, that's uh, what we're going to talk about next. So you're sitting on a lot of new music. I just, uh, when I saw you, um, at company you played all new music mm -hmm. um you know i'm excited to hear about like what you're sitting on right now like i guess what because i mean everyone's been everyone in the milwaukee music scene wants to know the next vincent van great album so yeah. like let's talk about like what, what you're working on right now yeah so like i said earlier i'm doing the uh working on my new album ladies please and it's straight contemporary r&b I'm not rapping on it at all. You know, I'm not, it's no, I might have a hip hop feature, but it's no rap for me at all. It's melodies, it's melodic tunes, it's different poppy, catchy beats, get you on the dance floor, yeah. records for the ladies. Like it's, it's a maxing for the ladies. Come on ladies. Uh, yeah. So it's a different sound and. It's gonna be some girls nights and shit. Right, it's gonna be some. Those be girls some, that are getting away right. from their shitty ass boyfriends right. that are like. Come on over to Van Gray. Yeah, yeah. they're right. like, they're like, Fuck boys, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dance and no dude can touch us. That type of shit. Hey, that's what ladies please. Right, right. That's yeah. what it's about. Bring them on, and the music is it's the best music that I've created in my life so far. It's the it's my best piece of work. So I'm excited to share it, but you know it's not complete yet. Got to do some more things with the rollout process, yeah. and you know dotting some eyes and crossing some T's. But when that time comes, it's gonna be exciting. So I imagine because you're not rapping, you're obviously using your voice in completely different ways. Yeah, so many different ways. It's, like I said, it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be a different sound from Vince Gray. But if you go back and listen to a tape called Fresh, listen to that second half, and 
you'll get a little bit of an idea of where it's going, you know, where this album is going. But soon we'll be releasing some one-offs and some tunes that's similar to the stuff I'm going to put on the album. So just be looking out for that. Yeah. So what inspired you to like really try to like, uh, you know, speak uh, to this, to the female audience with this new record, like I guess, like what really enticed you to want to put this record out with that? Well, theme? yeah. When I say speak to, a when I say it's for the ladies, like it's just tunes to get those. Right. Ladies I mean, everyone's so gonna can, like it, so we can get out here right. with them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's tunes to get them out there, so we can get with them, you know. So, all a lot of things inspired it, like, like I said, Pharrell, you know, him making that girls album and. James Brown always having that appeal to like ladies back then and just mo and also molding the sound that I want to go further with like it's not just rap you know it's, it's these are real records that I'm molding so I don't want to be put in a box you know I don't want to be a hip-hop artist I'm yeah. just I'm an artist you know yeah right but you might hear me make a slapping ass beat and put some bars and bite your head off here and then I might, you might hear me and Amanda Huff on the next joint, you know oh, what I mean? True. Like, some shit like that. I heard, also, uh, <laughs> word on the street as you're working with uh, Paper Holland done some shit, maybe? Yeah, man. Yeah. I just shout talked to Paper Holland. Shout out. Us on that Galapagos. Um, <laughs> Humble Current 2, Vincent Van Gray version of Paper Holland. Check oh, yeah. that out. Okay, yeah, I just interviewed them the other day at, uh, for Breaking Unring. And, yeah, uh, and we're working on, I'm working on some new tune, a new record with them. That's gonna be on my new album. So, awesome. like I said, it's a couple more things I had to do, and you know, you just gave the people a little insight to of it. Of course, yeah, well, and that's and that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time. Is like this sort of like these pretenses over like who it makes sense to work with because you have a particular sound or you have a particular like um, way to you know like you know a crowd that that you appeal to or you know like basically like people like to genre hop you know people like to classify things and shit like yeah. that and this is this is always these like the pretenses that like it makes sense to work with this other artist because like you've made hip-hop music in the past right. and it's like oh well it would like people might think oh it makes sense for you to work with other hip-hop artists but i think that a true artist and that's why like that's where it drops the hip-hop artists and just you're just a point blank you're just an artist you're collaborating with people that have such different uh, approaches to pop music and whether that's paper holland or amanda huff right uh all the greats in the city like uh lex schley berry right webb you know like all of them have like you know their own identity when it comes to their creativity and it's like i don't and that's why milwaukee doesn't have a claim sound yet you know there is there is no milwaukee sound right, right. and i don't want there to be a milwaukee right. sound right. because you know it doesn't matter what your your process or what the the, the end product is it just matters is if like if you put your heart into what you do and you uh, and like you know your music like speaks to you know what people enjoy out of listening to music and just you know that if you know how to be like that well-rounded well-versed artist that is willing to work with anyone that's that takes their shit seriously and and i fucking love that and i see more and more of that right. as time goes on dude right. uh, for the remainder of the year uh you know for 2019 you know like uh 
what's like on your agenda like what are your goals yeah you know a few more shows coming up um like i said i'm gonna release some one-offs like a couple more records might release another video or two by the end of the year you know I'm, i got a lot of content man so i'm just excited to share it man and excited for everybody's ears to be open to it man hell yeah dude um so um yeah, I know you've uh, done a couple shows uh, out of the city uh, yeah. recently. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about how you felt like performing in a completely unfamiliar environment, like how that made yeah, you feel. Yeah, man, it's, it's a great experience, man. And it's when you're uncomfortable, that's good because that means you're growing. So for me to like hit in different states and different cities and get great feedback and get a pop from the crowd is there's no feeling like that because I don't know anybody in the damn crowd, you know, like right, except right. like John or Dima or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only one. The ones that came here with you. Exactly. And so to get a pop from a crowd, hundred miles away from the crib or in a different state, different city, that's a great feeling, man. Hell yeah. So, Vincent Van Great, obviously, uh, you know, Vincent Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you put two and two together? Well, my real name is Vincent, right. so that's one. But uh, coming up in the music scene, like I told you, when I was producing those records for Sincere and Blizz Me Fly, like I was just great. It was no Vincent Van. It was just great. I was great, the producer, great. My homie still called me great. You know, it's just great. After <laughs> yeah. a while, I didn't. It wasn't ringing to me. I didn't like somebody asking my name. Like, what's your name, bro? I'm like, I'm great, Greg. Gr great like yeah, right. i'm always explaining it and then you know as the music started evolving i'm like you know great that doesn't sound like a national national household name and then yeah. vincent great it's a perfect combination yeah. vincent van great and i'm true to the art man i'm true to what i do and you know a lot of people say it's a mystery to me and that's good so yeah that's all vincent van gogh inspired right yeah Actually, our studio is uh, this is inspired by Starry Nights. Uh, see, look at that. Right, the yeah. color scheme, the yellow and right. blue. It inspires us all. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does. Um, so, um, so obviously you've been active in the scene for a while, and um, you know you've, you know, uh, hence your work with Dana and everyone else you've shouted out, like people that are before like the modern Milwaukee music lovers times, like. You know, you, you've seen what the city needs, like musically and creatively, and we see a lot of different initiatives that aim to give platforms to aspiring artists, no matter what the medium is. You know, there's still a lot to be, uh, you know, also a lot of room for growth when it comes to like people actually like, showing up and you know people right. coming out to really like be present and support and right. like utilize you know wisconsin is like a show me state yeah yeah so i guess like it, from i guess from your perspective like i guess like what do you feel like are you know what do you feel like milwaukee's music scene and creative scene in general just like needs most right now for yeah, its people i feel like you hit it right on the head man it's the resources man and you know the, su the support comes, I guess, when you just engage them and reel them all the way in, man. That's that's the best thing I can say, like, as far as fan support, because, you know, some people show up and you'll see a lot of the same people at some of these shows, you know what I mean? Like, true fans of the, the MKE art scene, entertainment scene, but those resources, man, with more resources comes a bigger outlook and you know it, it, you you're able to obtain certain goals when you have more resources and 
unfortunately, sometimes Wisconsin is like that. You got to show them a little something before they hop on the wagon. So, yeah. you know, but it's good because it makes us work yeah. harder. Right, yeah. So on that note, like, what's the difference between someone supporting you through listening to music and, like, you know, because, I mean, like, obviously your music's out on streaming services and people are going to listen to it and, like, discover you that way and support you that way. What's the difference between someone supporting you by listening to the, your music, like what's out, and coming to your shows? Well, you know, the difference is a, you know, a bigger dollar coming to my pocket if, in all actuality. That's the biggest difference. But, you know, support, you got to take it how it comes, man. If somebody supports you from afar, it's still support, man. So if they're just listening and I'm getting streams from them, or if they're coming to shows, you know, spending $10 to see me live or spending whatever they want to see, whatever they want to pay to see me, that's, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. But I get what you're saying though, man, it's a, it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, I mean like, and that's the thing is like, it's almost like I, like the way I like to think about it is like, you know, there's gonna be many artists that I'm gonna listen to on Spotify, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I'm just, I love music, I just like to explore music, but then there's like actually buying a record, like, you know, from the record store, mm -hmm. like buying like a tangible vinyl and uh you know actually having a piece of that that like you know i spent more money on and right. i feel like and that's that's sort of how i like to think about it like when i come to a show to like see an artist it's like i'm paying a lot more to see the artist you know in person and support them personally than i am with my spotify description True. but that doesn't that doesn't negate from spotify and like the fact that like you know Every time you're revisiting and supporting and also just, you know, supporting that artist from afar, I mean, that can go a long way, too. You right. know, that's that biggest fan of yours could be buying, like, all your fucking merch and you right. know it, you know? Right. So, but they might not be able to make it to a show because of how busy they are. So. Absolutely. Or, you know, maybe a single mom or yeah. a single dad or, you know, they just can't get out on the weekends. Right. Or you never know. So, shout out to the ones that do. And yep. To the ones that don't, get your ass out there. Get your ass out there. Let's close that one, Vince. Yeah, we got we gotta yeah, straighten it up. Yeah, you know, gotta freshen your swag. Right, yeah. Yeah, just gotta you know, get our collars ready yeah. and everything. Uh <laughs> Vince, uh tell me what keeps you up at night. Huh? What keeps you up at night? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> If I fucking had Ooh. one, dude, I don't even have one, bro. <laughs> God, I fucking, fucking hate you for that. Right. But that, I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. But uh, what puts you to sleep, though? Um, knowing that tomorrow is a new day, and I got an opportunity to make it better. Fantastic, man. I know you're doing it. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, for sure. Uh, remember to check out Ungrateful, a take called Fresh. Uh, all the music Follow out. Follow me on your social media, Vincent Van Great, everywhere. Yeah, and get ready for ladies, please. Oh, yeah. Especially you ladies. Get ready for it. Yeah, we're going to groove on. <laughs> so thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Three, four.